Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hour number two here in the locker room on this bi-week Friday is you know me as Wes Euler, but today I'm DJ Wesley, baby, playing some of our best of bi-week uh, conversations from this past week with some familiar faces, some familiar voices. Of course, one of those guys is Bob Labriola, Mr. Steelers Digest, MrSteelers.com himself. Always love it when Wolf and Max get a chance to catch up with Labs every single Tuesday. You can uh, catch that live at 11 a.m. right here in the locker room. And here is what Labs had to say this past week coming off that big win against the Ravens. All right, hour number two here inside the locker room, and we are joined as we always are every Tuesday. We, this man does not let a bye week get in the way of a good segment. <laughs> Steelers Digest editor in chief, the commandante of all things Steelers historical, uh, purveyor of fine Italian eats, um, also one of the actual precursors for the fat guy delight. Um, you know. <laughs> One of the original, but uh, what came out with it out and made us eat it, didn't he? We didn't want to eat it, yes, did he we, is. Max? Yeah, he was made not you. only the precursor. Yeah, you. He, was not, he was not only the precursor, but he was all. He's also the instigator. Uh, <laughs> yes. There you go, the instigator. <laughs> the, the one, the only, Bob Labriola. How are you doing today, Labs? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I one of the reasons I look forward to this segment is to hear what my title is expanding to max every time you introduce me <laughs> the legend has to grow exactly the, the legend has to grow somewhere lab so why not on our show you know it can why either, not on our it can, show it can either grow organically or we can just make it up as we go along however, hey, however was, works for you max i'm here let's for you. not let's not let the truth get in the way of a good story lab. there you go <laughs> no not certainly not in this segment all right labs uh, we we uh, another steelers ravens rivalry in the books and another steelers ravens wild finish in the books as well i mean when you look back on just this rivalry and just the games i mean we referenced this 26 of the last 31 one score or less no matter how good or bad either team is you just you you throw caution to the wind and you throw records and statistics and all conventional knowledge out the window uh, when it comes to this, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, and I mean, and they're just so, a lot of the characters involved in it. Um, and it, the James Thrash, I think it was, stomping on Plexico Burris's head. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of those kinds of things. Uh, you know, Ed Reed and Heinz Ward. Uh, James Harrison single-handedly destroying the Ravens on yeah. that Monday night in 2007. 
you know, Ben doing his thing so many times, Ben taking the shot across the, the nose from Haloti Nada that was called, oh, broke man. his nose. He was bleeding everywhere. The, um, it wasn't a penalty you know, the, throw. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> the uh, And truly, one of the great underrated plays of Ben Roethlisberger's career was when he fought off Terrell Suggs and made yeah. a, a, threw an incomplete pass to uh, yeah. save yardage. And then the next play, I think it was Isaac Redmond scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of those Steelers-Ravens games, I remember, were, you know, you can look at them in a lot of different ways, but uh, a lot of them were for uh, the home field advantage in the third meeting because you knew the teams were going to play again in the playoffs. And a lot of times, you know, the second game of the series came, you know, coming later in the season, as they so often did, would either, you know, clinch the division for one of the teams. And then once, you know, regardless of record, um, you know, a division winner always gets home field advantage over a team that makes it as a wild card. And so, you know, the, 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 home playoff games in 2008 uh, for the AFC championship. I think both teams were, uh, had the same record that year, 12 and four, uh, 2010, I believe that was the same situation. Uh, and then that playoff game also ended up in Pittsburgh. And that was famous for uh, Antonio Brown running down the field with the ball stuck to his helmet right. uh, on that fourth quarter play. Um so, yeah, there were a lot of – and then the Antonio Brown Christmas Day game, hmm. the Immaculate Extension. <laughs> yes. There was yeah. that one. Yeah, um, yeah there, there's a lot of – you know, Steelers-Ravens, you know, didn't really start existing because the Ravens didn't exist until 1996. And so when you look at uh, rivalries, Bears, Packers, I mean, you know, a lot of these rivalries, NFL-storied rivalries, go back decades um, Steelers Ravens is rather new, even though I always refer to it as simply an extension of Steelers Browns, because uh, in, <laughs> certainly in the early days of the Steelers Ravens, those were the Browns. Right. I mean, Art Motel moved them. They were the same, you know, it was the same team. Um, but, you know, violent. Mike Tallman still believes to this day that the 2008 AFC Championship game was what started the player safety initiative. After the league got a load of that, they said, we got to do something about this. Hmm. Um, and I remember in that press box, a lot of the national guys, and they were loving it. You know, everybody loves as long as you're not on the field or someone <laughs> in your immediate family. Um, you, you love the big hits. You know, the... Um, as Wolf calls them, slobber knockers, right? Wolf <laughs> right, is right. To... That's it. Okay. Highly technical um, term, you see. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, Steelers-Ravens, you know, another Mike Tomlin line, two trains, one track. Yes. Is there anything that has ever described it better than that? No. No, Labs, let me ask you, wasn't – didn't Troy uh, – did that, his play when he jumped on uh, Flacco, uh, remember he blitzed, caused a fumble, picked it up, was that – when Isaac Redman finished it off on the return, um, do you know? Yeah, what? I, um, yeah, I, uh, Troy created the the uh, turnover strip sack. Yeah, yes, that's yeah, it. Yeah, the takeaway. 
uh, I forget who recovered the fumble. If it was Woodley or Timmons, I don't been remember. Woodley. Yeah, it could have been Timmons. Either way. Max, I, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you exactly. were. Uh, yeah, no, I was, I was there. And he I'm was sucking to Gatorade and sitting on yeah. the bench, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was probably, I was probably getting sideline adjustments <laughs> at that moment. Um, <laughs> what, two Gatorades <laughs> instead of one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one, it, it was, it was a pickle juice in one bottle and then Gatorade <laughs> in the other one. It was kind of, kind of double, double, the double squeeze there. <laughs> you know, the thing that's so remarkable, and I, I guess, Labs, when you break down that this rivalry, though, what interests me is just how close all the games are. And I, it's like I, I know you got a draft to win your own division, and so I, I would think that has to play into how these teams were built and why there's such a great rivalry that does exist that really shows up in how few points separate these guys at the end of what thirty some games. Yeah, and you know. Um... I think we talked about it last week on this segment that the positioning of the Ravens, you know, uh, arrival in Pittsburgh having to do with was it a good time for the Steelers to play the Ravens after that game in Houston. And, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, when you play the Ravens that it's going to be one of those situations where yeah. uh, you, you're, you better bring it. I mean, it's like the Hearns Hagler fight, yeah. you know, the bell rings, you meet them in the center of the ring and you just start wailing at each other. Uh, that's Steelers Ravens right yep. there. And so, um, yeah, in that respect, I think it, it was a good thing. And I, I, for the, for the large uh, part of the game, the Steelers really answered the bell when it comes to the physical holding up their end of the physical confrontation. No, absolutely. You know, Steelers Ravens, you know, because I, I love movies labs. And so there's always like the, the equatable moment that I always look for in movies. And, you know, I equate Steelers Ravens as, you know, Tombstone, right? Doc Holliday, Johnny Ringo. That set that, that right at the end of the movie when he's when he's trying to get to Wyatt Earp and, you know, and Val Kilmer kind of kind of pretends to be sick. But and Wyatt gives him his badge you know, his marshal's badge. And then he shows up to the gunfight and he's like, he's like, my beef's not with you. He's, he's like, he's like, yes, it is. We, we, we were supposed to dance this dance a long time ago. <laughs> I'm your uncle. Like, and this time, it, and he's like, this time it's legal. And I feel like that's what it is with the Rays. We talk about it as we go play all these other games, but then it comes that moment where we got to meet toe to toe. It's like, this time it's legal, right? We got white lines. We got the zebras out there. We got fans in the stadium. Ain't nothing to it but to do it at this point. And so it, that's what it always reminds me of, <laughs> you know, when I think of our rivalry. Uh, you know, right. And I, I don't – I cannot imagine um, a game, you know, when, when the TV networks are picking, you know, what, what games they want. Not that they get to do that specifically, but I don't think that uh, a network would ever be dissatisfied with Steelers-Ravens. You know, if you've got a Thursday night package, you're televising that Steelers Ravens. Yeah, okay, we'll take it. Sunday night, Monday night. You know, I don't know that I've ever, you know, had um, an experience where Steelers Ravens got flexed out of their time because it wasn't an attractive met, uh, mm. matchup. Yep. You know, that's just not because it doesn't really matter. You know that they that the teams. You can call it a mutual respect if you want. You know, I prefer the H word. I mean. You know, it's yeah. hatred. It really is. Um, it, like I said, Max, you were there, right? It's hate. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's the closest thing you get to a college rivalry, hmm. you know, in the professional level. It's the closest thing well, you that, get to. Yeah. Because that's what, um, you know, Mike Tomlin has mentioned, you know, when he goes to the new guys, you know, because you ask, well, do they have any idea? Does Broderick Jones have any idea, you know, what Steelers Ravens is like? And he'll go to them and, and mention, okay, Georgia, I guess it would be Alabama. Georgia that, that for um, him. Yes. For him, it would be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's the way you, you describe it. I mean, if it's a, an Ohio state guy, you tell him it's Ohio state, Michigan, if it's, you know, whatever. Um, and, and as maybe the, uh, in college it's more emotional, but I, I can't, I, I will never believe it's more violent. Yeah, no, not well. I tell you, Florida, Florida State was, uh, yeah. I mean, we 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 fought on the field physically during the game, uh, the, and, and at the end of the game. Oh God, here we go, West. <laughs> West, West never hesitates to get to get that out there. Uh, but no, senior year, I, we got into an all-out brawl uh, at the end of the game. So hooligans, there are games that's that what do, you were, hooligans. That's right. That's right. Hey, but we did we. We did it within the confines of the white lines. Now, granted, there were people that came from off the white lines and came into the white lines. <laughs> now, that's the problem, my, right? Yeah. My strength trainer got knocked unconscious. Uh, <laughs> poor Matt. Uh, yeah, he took a helmet right to right to the cranium. Yeah, uh, what's the first thing in a fight? Make sure your helmet's on and the chin strap is double buckled. <laughs> exactly. Mouthpiece optional still. But, yeah, yeah everything, exactly. else, everything else needs to be attached. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Lebs, let me ask you something. You're going into this bye week now, and when you come out, there's a lot of things, you know, people are talking about that change this and change that. And I don't I – don't, there, there's not going to be any of the big changes and so forth like that. But there are some aspects that I think – um, kind of bear watching, you know, the, the Jalen Warren creeping up, earning more carries, which I think is, is perfectly amicable because I still think that um, Najee and Jalen make a great one-two punch. Um, the Broderick Jones stepping up, doing a pretty good job in his first outing, but, you know, you're a long way yet from saying he's an established veteran. Uh, other aspects that we might see, uh, we're seeing a little bit more of Nick Herbig trying to get some snaps in there, but you've got such a great bookend duo with the, with both TJ and Alex right now. It's almost like their strip sack and the other guy pick it up is, you know, it's like a play they rehearsed. What do you kind of see coming out of the other end of the bye week here? Well, I, I'd like to see more Joey Porter Jr. I mean, I there think that he has, he has earned – more playing time. Certainly that interception in the end zone uh, is one that, uh, you know, is a highlight on any resume, certainly on a young individuals like his. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the trickle down thing for me with the Joey Porter Jr. is necessary and, and it's time. You know, you got to get Patrick Peterson off the outside corner. That's not why he was signed. Mm. Um, he, he doesn't have the young legs for that anymore. Uh, you you got to, I believe, start um, playing to his strengths or taking advantage of his strengths. Uh, you know, find ball, go get ball, look at the quarterback, you know, make those kinds of, um, you know, movements in the secondary. Mm. Uh, maybe he's helping, you know, get people aligned as well along with Minka. Um, and... Uh, you know, again, as I said, I, I just think that that's something that you need to see 
um, happen, not only for, because I think Joey Porter Jr. has uh, earned the right to, to play more uh, at, at the cornerback position, uh, but I also think it helps uh, in other areas. And just real quick, and then I'll get back to your question, Wolf Max, when we were talking about, um, you know, great moments in uh, Steelers-Ravens rival his mm-hmm. rivalry history, uh, Joey Porter Sr. was involved in a, oh, in a few right. in, of those <laughs> as well. On and off so, the field, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's, let's not forget Joey's uh, place in that history of that rivalry, too. Um, oh, but gosh, um, excited. <laughs> well, you know, hey, what you know, maybe you know, I, I would I would hardly ever refer to Ray Lewis as the aggrieved party in in a in, a, in those kinds of situations. So I don't have yes. a lot of sympathy uh, for fifty two in in the purple jersey. Um, but you know, what whatever, um, just guys out having fun, you know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. back to the. The changes. I, I also, you know, maybe some more Desmond King in the slot. Um, you know, some of these guys who uh, the, the Steelers have been bringing along in a way, I won't say overly slowly, but let's say cautiously allowing them to, to develop and to, you know, get comfortable with the system and with their teammates within the system. You know, I think now that it's time to, to start getting them on the field and seeing what they can do. Um, and another thing that I would try and look for or is more Darnell Washington, mm. uh, not on the field so much as, you know, as a receiver, uh, red zone kind of uh, presence, because, I mean, we were seeing that way too often all over the summer to think that that is suddenly, you know, the guy uh, has lost his ability to make those kinds of plays. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you want to see from the offense and a, a lot of things you'd like to see more of. But as, you know, we all understand or should understand, uh, in order to see a lot of that stuff, you need to have more snaps. So fewer three and outs, that would be nice too. Uh, I think that that would allow, yeah. uh, you know, you'd see the offense get into some more things. Right. You know, maybe they could run a little more up-tempo or, you know, hurry up. Maybe they could, you know, get the ball to Darnell Washington more. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of these kinds of things that um, we would like to see more of. But until, you know, there are more first downs and more possession, uh, especially early in games, you just don't get to it because you don't have the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's and this was something we talked about earlier in the first hour labs, just talking about how you have to retool and you have to kind of, you know, add, subtract, divide, multiply, you know, um, what you're doing. And you get the opportunity to do that in a week without the quote-unquote test happening at the end of the week, uh, you know, on a Sunday. Uh, But, you know, as I look at it, um, you know, like some of the additions that we had um, due to injuries, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts about, you know, how – how, how, how traditionally, like, you know, there's always injuries in the season and there's always opportunities. But what have you seen from the from the guys that have been missing to the guys that have kind of come in and played? Uh, you know, you're thinking about, you know, Loudermilk, Leal, and all those guys kind of filling in for Cam with Cam being injured. You look at, um, you know, Nate Herbert coming in for James Daniels, Broderick Jones in for Dan Moore. 
And I mean, it's just, it's like, it's a compounding of all these different things. I mean, is this a normal attrition rate we've seen, like for the the injuries we've seen so far? Or is this something that kind of is an aberration to have this many starters kind of missing, you know, time at, all at once? Well, I think the fortunate thing, and no, I, I you know, it's, it's, um, it's part of, it's part of it. You know, even the, the Super Bowl seasons, there were injuries. Marvell Smith, Super Bowl 40, I remember, uh, leading up to that, um, Towards the end of that season, he had some injury issues. I believe he also maybe have had may, maybe was one of the ones who had injuries uh, down the stretch in 2008. Uh, I I can't really remember for sure, um, but can, yeah, you're going to have those kinds of situations. On that, I can concur. Okay, because I replaced Marvell in the Super Bowl 43. <laughs> okay, um, so I know that one. <laughs> well, okay, um, but you know. The, the, the fortunate thing is that not a lot, and when I say injured reserve, I'm not talking about, you know, four-week injured reserve. I'm talking about, you know, when you're gone for the year because the, the four-week injured reserve wasn't something that uh, existed throughout, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's tenure, as an example. So, um, but the, the one thing, the one guy that I think is important to get back is Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because, you know, I don't know a whole lot about, um, scheming and X's and O's and that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I have been able to watch is, and, and, and I remember this back to the Antonio Brown days, you know, when, when teams deploy multiple receivers, a lot of times they will put, you know, a bunch on one side of the formation and a single guy on the other side of the formation. Right. Now, that single guy on the other side of the formation needs to be able to get himself open with his own route running because, you know, the schemes, when you're going to scheme someone open or use concepts to get someone open, that usually happens on the side where there are multiple receivers, okay? Antonio Brown got himself open. And a lot of times, the other thing that's good about that is that guy who's by himself, there's not a lot of tricky defenses that can be played over there on that guy, you know, because you have the 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 uh, strength in numbers for the offense on the other side, mm-hmm. so you got to look at be, be concentrating on that. Deontay Johnson is the only guy on the Steelers roster right now as a receiver who can consistently get himself open with route running. Now George Pickens is often open even when he's covered because of his size and his athletic ability. But I'm talking about separation, Um, you know, breaking ankles of a defensive back and getting yourself open. And I think that the the reinsertion of Deontay Johnson back into the offense, that's going to give Kenny Pickett that other side of the formation guy that he can count on. Uh, I think that that, um, it'll open up some things, certainly. But I also believe it will be an increased comfort level for a young quarterback. That you know, okay, you know, when, when I, if something doesn't open up immediately on the bunch side with whatever pattern it is, okay, I can look over to the other side and my guy's probably going to be doing a decent job on whoever that defensive back is over there. And so, um, you know, and then the other thing I think that will happen is it may force defenses into doing some things that um, they're, uh, 
not that that they don't have to do now mm. because of having that guy over there. And so that that to me is the one that I'm really looking forward to getting back. Like oh, you, Max, you mentioned a lot of the offensive lineman things, Nick Herbig, and you know those. I I I ask you guys that stuff seriously, and I'm not being facetious. I, I don't I don't I don't know what I'm looking at necessarily um, enough to make comments about what's going on in the interior of the offensive line. I, mean, I, I just don't know. So I'll let you guys handle that. But mm. the, the one that is really um, important to me, besides the Joey Porter Jr., as I've, I've already uh, tried to explain, is the Deontay Johnson. Because I think that's really going to help the offense in some ways that uh, are, are, can show up in a, diff, in, in a couple of different areas. I think it's going to help the quarterback. Um, maybe that helps some of the third down conversions early in games, which you know facilitates more possession time and get to more concepts and you can do more things um, that as well. So yeah, that's I'm I'm hopeful that uh, maybe uh, on the plane ride out to L.A., uh, Deontay Johnson is on it because um, you know he's going to be able to play. You know that is outstanding, Labs. I didn't even didn't even cross my yeah. gourd. Man, good yeah. job. Say, say, same here. And that's why we bring Labs on the show. That right Whoa. there. Whoa, that okay. has earned the ticket to ride for next week. I mean, not that he needed a ticket anyways. He has a lifetime pass. Well, wait, but, hold on now. Well, Labs, Labs is out next Tuesday, correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Labs Are you all yes. right next Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gosh, yeah. I I gave you that little nugget. And now I'm taking next week off. That's now, right. now you're on IR. Look at that. Now, now, now Labs is on IR. Okay. Thank you, Labs. There it is. Oh, that's <laughs> I was telling you. Yeah. A, a contusion of the birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, Veterans Day go. off. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Labs gets a vet day. All right. So we'll be good. But, no, Labs, honestly, thank you so thank much you for so joining much, the man. show. We appreciate it as always. And you can, you can hear Labs, too, most Tuesdays here inside the locker room, since he won't be here next week. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Just, just, wait, and, wait. And also, one thing before, one yeah. thing before okay, we go. One thing before okay. we go. I, I got something to read for you guys. Um, I found it. No, no. I'm going to read to you guys. I mean, oh, okay. And I found okay. it yesterday, uh, Monday, on the Internet. Okay? Listen, here we go. Somebody wrote this. There aren't enough fingers and toes to point out the problems. Coaches keep making bad decisions. Receivers can't catch or stay healthy. The quarterback melts down under pressure. Offensive linemen can't pass block. The defense can't come up with key third down stops in crunch time. That was written uh, by Mike Preston. It appeared in the Baltimore Sun after the game, or Monday about the Ravens. Does that sound like Something that you might have read, gee, I don't know, <laughs> on the internet about the Steelers. And my point is that sky is definitely not falling everywhere. Let, let me say it this way. The sky is not sunny and clear over every NFL city. <laughs> it's I just not. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as you said, it was like, oh, my gosh. 
insert NFL team name here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. which, which, which team is being described? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. No, and that, that just goes to show you just the amount of, of criticism from a week to week basis that, uh, that has to be endured because you could have applied that to us right after the Houston game. You could apply it to us right after the San Francisco game would have fit. Heck, you could have thrown it on the Miami Dolphins after the Buffalo game. I mean, you could pick and choose wherever. That, that, that's just a standalone template for my disdain after a loss. <laughs> that, that's what it should be. That's what it should be by anonymous NFL fan. There you go. <laughs> oh my it's gosh, that parody. was that was awesome. Parody, yeah, yes. it is. And that's what yep. the and that's what professional sports brings you. So, well, Lav, with that, I mean, your 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 your, your loquaciousness was. Was much needed in that last and that well, last now exclamation. Now we're getting some big words. Uh, you know, hey, listen, the guy, the guy is the editor of Steelers Digest. Right. He knows he knows his words and his vernacular. So <laughs> I figure I'd throw that out there for him as well. But no laughs. Thank you so much for joining us. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. DJ Euler with you here back in the locker room as we continue our best of bye week edition of ITL. One of our favorites in the locker room, of course, is Steel City insider Jim Wexel. Here's a conversation that Max and I had with Wex on Wednesday earlier this week. All right. Hour number two, power hour inside the locker room here. And no Wednesday would be complete without having our good friend Jim Wexel stop on by the locker room to pull up a chair and commiserate with us for a little bit here um wex first of all happy wednesday how are you today it's hump day max it is it is hump day i needed to say that it was absent today you know what it's 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 time it's hour two wex called for it let's do it yeah let's do it Uh uh-oh guess what day it is guess what day (laughs) it is huh anybody Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, you, you know, you got to have it. You got to have it. So we appreciate you calling it out, Wex. <laughs> oh, oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, so I got uh, posed a question that I was looking at um, having some callers talking about later. So I'll pose the question to you right off the top here. What do you like about the Steelers squad through five weeks thus far? Wow. Uh, I like uh, the fact they're in first place and haven't played well. That's, yeah. That can be taken as encouraging. Um, I like that uh, the young offensive players, the young players, are getting better and show a lot of promise. I know the coordinator's not going to get fired, so settle down. <laughs> Thank you. But it, it, it's up to the young 
players. It's up to the young players. I mean, it, football used to be about players and not coaches. You know, Steeler fans booed Jim Finks relentlessly. Uh, Ernie Stotner uh, scolded them in the paper for booing Bobby Lane. Joe Green took them to task vehemently for cheering Terry Bradshaw's injury. But now we got coordinators, you know, it's like all the geeks are watching all the gifts and all the videos and <laughs> breaking down at the, the gaffs, the gifts and the gaffs, you know, and now we're chanting his name at hockey games. I mean, come on. Yeah, How about that? Jeez. Oh man. Did you see that Max? <laughs> yes. I, I read that and I was just like, I was, I was sick about it. I'm like, come on, guys. You know, really? uh, they have they have their platforms. Everybody has their platform. You don't get on social media and voice your your uh, disapproval. But I mean, does anybody have feelings for the human beings involved? It, it, the Steelers don't believe in interims, and I I respect that philosophy. I like that philosophy. The last interim they had was Mike Nixon, and that, and that led to Bill Austin. Wow. Not that the interim led to him, but they have a philosophy that. Interim sometimes can fool you. You say, you know, they got a little better, but uh, uh, maybe we should keep them another year and give them a full off season. No, I don't want that. Hey, either, you know, Canada still has uh, how many games left to, to prove himself, but uh, I'm thinking you go into the off season and have a fresh search and get a fresh name and full interviews and do this right. Don't let the the thinking of an interim cloud you as for promoting someone to not do their current job and do an extra job, uh, calling the same crappy plays, but in a different order. Um, I don't see the benefit of that. Uh, I, I, I just let this guy work through it and look at all the young players, you know, Broderick Jones is in place. Uh, Jalen Warring is clearly becoming the running back. I, I, I think, you know, part of the problem, and you want to blame the line for Najee's woes, but part of the pro- you know, he, he, he shines against little defensive fronts like Houston's. But part of the woes is, is the, uh, the line gets pushed back into his lap, and he's not as quick, and he's not as lateral as Warren. You, you can't get another line. It's just like you can't get another coordinator. <laughs> so work around it. Use Warren. That's another young, talented guy. Warren has a quarter of the snaps as Harris and has outgained him in offensive yardage. Uh, George Pickens, how, how much confidence is he going to have, especially with DJ coming back? And the tight ends. I mean, you, you saw what Hot Rod Williams did on special teams. That's a guy that can be another niche player with Connor Hayward. We don't, they don't need two running backs on the field at the same time. That, that takes off some of these weapons, Connor Hayward and – and, uh, um, you know, Fryermuth's going to come back in Washington, get him working more. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not talking to Matt Canada today. I'm not going to be, a uh, someone at the zoo watching this poor animal field questions and, and fight back after last night and uh, everything and everything that's going on. Uh, the, this, this commentary about how he should celebrate touchdowns, things like that. It's all ridiculous. And I, I'm not going to watch that. I'm going to talk to Alfredo Roberts. I want to know why the tight ends are only getting uh, 16% of the targets when last year they got 25% and they have better talent this year. That's, I want to know about that. I want to know what DJ is going to do for this team and if Calvin Austin has learned a lot as he was forced to grow and what will that mean for him as a number three. There's some, there's some talent. Uh, and so it's going to be up to the players. I don't know that the play calling is going to change much, but I like these young players in place. And, of course, Joey Porter Jr. and 
Keanu Benton on defense. And, geez, the inside linebackers, what a game last week. Ooh. Speaking of positives, yeah. I'm finally, you know, I was, I was getting down on the talent evaluators for bringing this crop in because the inside linebacker play for the last few years has been so poor. And so I, 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 at first, what, four games, I was thinking, you know, that's, this is not an improvement. But, man, against the Ravens, there was sure an improvement. All three of those guys, they were dogs, man. And so uh, that's exciting, too. So there's some good things. There's some good things, and they haven't even played their any, any good ball, really, for that matter. I think he touched on it all there, Max. I mean, that's the show. All I right. Think Take my care, rant everybody. Is over. All right. <laughs> and we're going to go to break now. And I'm see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. One, one take say. Wex. One take Wex I right there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if, you, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, Wex, you know, again, you touched on a lot there, a lot that I want to get into, but you did mention Joey Porter Jr. Um, been getting a little more crack at it every single week now into the bye week some time to kind of reassess and breathe for a minute do you expect a a noticeable a tangible uptick in his role post bye week here yes even though they i don't know if they did this yesterday on purpose to not put him in the starting lineup and then field questions grady brown uh, was one of the guys and everybody talked to terrell austin i talked to grady brown he's a I think he's a fascinating young assistant coach. I really like the second young secondary coach. And I wanted to talk to him about Joey. And uh, he, he said it's, yeah, he's not in full-time yet, even though it looked like it in the second half because that was his first appearance in the base, and he stayed there. And they were uh, rotating uh, Peterson with Wallace on the other side. So that made me think that he was now full-time, but then yesterday he was not. And Grady Brown said uh, it's it's going to be who the hot player is. So in that respect, they're coaching uh, him to work hard, continue to work hard, and uh, apparently he will be uh, uh, you know gratified by uh, um, working hard and then getting the job and then keeping the job if he's playing well that day. So I really like I really like what Grady's doing with Joey. Uh, he loved everything about that interception because I said that was the easiest interception. He threw the ball right to him. What did he do good on that play besides catch a ball thrown right to him? Grady said he did everything right from the pre-snap read to him, to coming out of the huddle with the confidence that he knew they were going to go at him. And he, and the way he lined up, apparently he got into his press man line uh, uh, stance and, uh, uh, you know, bullied uh, one of the star receivers. I don't know how washed Odell Beckham is right now, but he, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the Ravens have a, a star receiver. And so you knew Beckham might've been uh, an obvious choice there. And he was, and Joey shut it down. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. No, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see Lil Peasy continue to, to grow in his role on the defense. Cause like you said, coming up with that big interception, um in the end zone was more than timely and very dynamic for this defense that had a lot of dynamic plays um i think i wanted to i want to touch on the other thing you talked about not being at their best yet and of course that means also pieces missing uh from the team and my biggest uh you know one that i wanted to touch on was you know and and get your thoughts how 
of the pieces, which one is a bigger piece to get back coming out of the buy of the pieces that are missing? You know, we have Fryermuth, we have Deontay, we have DeMarvin, of course, you know, Cam still still in an IR, so he's going to be a little bit longer. But of the pieces, and Dan Moore, of course, another one. But, you know, wh- wh- which piece do you think is bigger to get back um, going into this? Now, you know, I always say the buy is like the halfway point of the season, but it's not this year. Uh, coming out for for the for the for the for the second push it has to be DJ uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, it, it will be you know Pickens has been the easy guy to double, and especially after last week, I don't think he'll see cover zero again this season. That should open up the other side. Uh, so uh, and DJ, who can get open better than DJ? Now I, I don't know. Do you? Do you still double DJ? Do, I don't remember last year whether he was the focus of, of the safeties uh, more so than Pickens, but um, I don't know. I think you have to pay attention to Pickens now. And so that could really open up DJ, who can get open better than Pickens, who runs better routes. So that's exciting. And I don't want to downplay the uh, return of Friermuth either because of uh, he hasn't produced yet, and people might be saying, eh, maybe he's a little overrated. He's been really beat up. I know even since the end of camp, he, he had some injuries. And then he had that chest injury that he had to wear the penny in practice and couldn't be touched and still went and played the game. And that was one of his worst blocking days. Uh, there was a gift going around of his gaff uh, of, of uh, a run block on the backside where he fell down and tried to trip the guy. Um, that was ridiculed, but I knew that his chest was hurting so bad he couldn't even be touched in practice. So he and then he get then he got hurt uh, even further. And so um, when he returns, I'm looking forward to seeing him healthy for the first time all year and returning to the Pat Fryer Muth of old. I love it. I love it. Wex, I guess along this same lines of uh, you know bigger picture bye week conversations here. If you could pick one air, and, and I got a feeling it's going to come somewhere on offense based from, from everything you've laid down so far, but if you could pick one area, maybe one unit or even just one player specifically to take a big step forward post-bye week, what do you think would behoove this team the most in that regard? Well, well, I, I think DJ is so key. It really, He really could open the offense, but – but Kenny Pickett, you know, what will this past game, what will his heroics in the last game, last quarter do for him now? Um, you know, I, I think it may get that sludge ball philosophy out of this team's mind or slam Najee into the middle of a line that's half pushed back for a yard on first down, a yard on second down. Now we're third and eight. And now they're booing before the punts now. So, uh, um, uh, you know, Kenny, utilizing Kenny uh, as a passer more on first downs to open up that running game. And in my hope, use Jalen Warren uh, since he's a better receiver and uh, shiftier and faster and better laterally. And he can go up the middle too. I would like to see that. That's what I, would, that's what I think would be important uh, to help the important player, Kenny Pickett, um, use this last game as a springboard.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, that'll do it for our bi-week edition of the Best of in the Locker Room. I have been DJ Wesley Euler. It's been a pleasure to recap this week. Fun week uh, here on our show, ITL. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the bye weekend. Stress-free weekend. You got to love it. Sitting atop the AFC North. Uh, I will certainly take it. You guys enjoy the weekend. You know, do the do the fall thing. Go hit a pumpkin patch or a fall festival and take beautiful pictures that you can post on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. We'll reconvene here next week and get ready for those Rams. Have a good weekend, everybody. You've been in the locker room. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.